On today's episode of the Ultimate Deck Podcast, we're talking about the top six game changers in the decking industry. Welcome back to another episode of the Ultimate Deck Podcast. I'm Shane Chapman here with my good buddy, Wade Laurent. Made I made it. I made it. You did it. Yep. First, this is this your first one in the new first studio? First time in the new studio. Holy smokes, what do you I've think? I've been in here a lot, but this is my first time. Yeah, make sure you drop some though. change in the donation box on the way out. This wasn't <laughs> cheap. Yeah. Today we're, uh, we're going to hopefully enlighten some people. I think all the good builders of the world are probably aware of all of these things because they go out there and they do their own research and they figure this stuff out on their own. That... Well, I just realized what I said. That's some of not, the, some <laughs> of the bad builders will also know. <laughs> That's these not things. to imply that if you haven't heard one of these things, that you're a bad builder. Yeah. It's not saying that. It's what it sounded like to me. Yeah. Through my headphones, it sounded like. If we get to number four and you're like, "Oh, that's cool," I didn't know. That. It doesn't mean you're shitty. Either. Bad builder. Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> what we're doing is like the decking industry is a an old industry. It's been around a long time, but along the way, there's been some products that have really changed the game. And so, we're talking about six of those today. There could be more. I'm sure there is more, but we're going to talk about the six that off the top of our head have made the biggest impact on the industry. Yeah. So. I felt like we were going to do a count based off my left hand and only go with four and a half, but... Right. Six, yeah. Six Good thing we more. used my hands for that and got to six <laughs> somehow. I got an extra one. You hit your one shy. <laughs> I glued it on. Uh, speaking of which, speaking of extra thumbs, did you hear this? We go. We're going to get into like pop culture here a little bit. Did you hear that they're now scientists in Australia or New Zealand are now saying that young people are growing horns on their head because oh, of cell phones? I saw this. And then the meme I saw was like, yeah, well, evolution. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's not like we didn't have horny teenagers running around before. Right, no, it's just more yeah. literal. So started they, in Aussie land, hey? this is getting way off topic, but. It's probably just Australia. If I know Bruce, he's a little bit quirky. Yeah. It might just be a Bruce thing. Yeah. It's but anyways, an they're developing thing. like a little nub of bone behind their ear or something on their skull because of because their head's always tilted forward. And I don't know if the body's trying to balance things out by throwing some weight in the back. I don't know why. <laughs> but they're saying some We should of their... strap this thing down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Extra little their head's little. on a rocker. Let's weigh this thing down a bit more. So anyways, you got this these horns growing. So that's your fun fact for oh. the day from the news. <laughs> should we? I don't it, know that we should be telling probably people that we're doing news. Not what people are tuning in for. Yeah. Number one. So, this one's obvious. To Number good, one, like to all the good builders. But this is the this. biggest change in the decking industry probably ever. Right? Composite decking, composite yep. decking, PVC decking, maintenance-free decking as a whole, the plastic decking category. Obviously a giant game changer. This one is so obvious. I almost didn't want to put it on the list, but it was like, well, no, hold on. Like before composite decking, there was nothing like it. Like that, that is the biggest game changer of all. So we can't leave it out. It has to be in here. If it wasn't for this one, it would have been a top five, but we made sure that it was a top six so we could get this one included. Yep. Uh, Do you like composite decking? Some of it. I Yeah. Some (laughs) of it I really like, right? There's some stuff I really don't like. Oh, like what? Let's go. Let's sewer some people. Never mind. Stuff that has holes in it that comes over water to us. Oh, I see. No sells need to go at, further. Sells at a box store for about a dollar forty-seven linear foot. Fair enough. Peels off with your fingernail. There is certainly different levels of quality when it comes to composite decking. That that's for sure. So, uh, but yeah, we're talking about like the obviously it's the big brand that people know is Trex. That's the big brand. We got TimberTech. We got Fibron. We're all familiar with composite decking at this point. It's been out for twenty years. 
Um, but it's obviously a, a giant game changer from the days where you just you just did wood because that's what the option was. Yeah, but even at that, so like I say, I don't like that product, but it still works amazing. Like it's still like it's still good. It's still a composite. It's, you still don't stain it. You know what I mean? Like yeah, as, there's just from a DIY. Yeah, yeah, from levels of quality. But it's still a, it's still a non like it's, a, it's still a no maintenance or a low maintenance product. So yeah, yeah, fair enough. It's composite. You get it out of a cracker back cracker jack box. Sure. Close enough. Expect that level of quality. Nice execution. Um, we have our number two structural screws. So what we're talking about here is the old way of attaching a ledger board to a floor, like a wood floor system, framing system, would be with leg bolts, like traditional leg bolts. Yeah, galvanized, right? There was nothing wrong with them. Nobody knew that they were a problem until somebody came up with a better solution. Than, and then people were like, holy smokes, these are way better. I didn't realize that the other ones weren't any good. Yeah. But before you had to drill like two holes, right? You had to drill one hole, one size hole through your ledger board. Then you had to drill another size hole through your attachment point to make sure that you got the proper, like, I guess, torque, tension or torque on the screw, whatever. Then you're sliding a washer onto it. You're either cranking these things in with a ratchet set by hand or you're throwing it on an impact wrench and driving them, whatever. It's just a bit of a hassle. Then, and I don't, like, I shouldn't give GRK all the benefit here because I don't know that they invented them, but the idea of a GRK type fastener, which a lot of companies make them now, Simpson makes them, Fasten Master, GRK, U2, you name it. There's a lot of these types out there, but they are uh, self-cutting lag screws correct essentially so no pre-drilling you don't have to they have a cutter on the end of the bit and so you just throw them in a drill or an impact driver start the screw drive it it's not going to split your wood out it drills its own hole the amount of torque and, and drawing power these things have is unbelievable yeah like if there's ever a problem you have you're like oh that's that wood's kind of dried out and twisted and nothing's pulling it together can't seem to straighten it try a grk yeah like that'll pull it in there yep um, so they're awesome. They're a game changer, undoubtedly. Yeah, the they're just faster, right? It's a little bit cleaner. Usually the head of them is, what's with Fast Master, they're kind of like a black or gray, right? So they kind of disappear into the wood. And they've got a built-in washer, right? They have a washer head washer. on them, so yeah, you know, there's, less, there's no more components. It's not like it's not like when you go and install one, you have to have the, the leg screw and the washer and a drill with a bit and then another drill with a different size bit and then a hex to drive it like you don't need all that you just need one drill the bit that comes in the box and the screw and you need yep again it wasn't like it was a problem it was just somebody to figure out how to do it better this is faster yeah plus they're gold which is infinitely better yeah at least in grk's GRK's. case yep yeah they're good i i'm a huge fan we still get the odd person that comes in hasn't seen them or heard about them yeah slap Prepare to be amazed. Wake up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if you're not using some sort of uh, rugged structural screw, self-cutting screw, leg, bolt, something. The other thing, too, is that they're smaller, right? Like a smaller diameter version of one of these guys is the equivalent load capacity, shear capacity of a larger leg bolt. Correct. So they're just a little, yeah, they're just better yeah, all around. like a 5 shank replaces a 3 8 leg. Yeah, yeah, something to that effect, right? Sure. Yep. Uh, so number three on the docket here goes hand in hand with composite decking, composite decking, and that is hidden fasteners. And we debated whether we should narrow this down to a specific type of hidden fastener, but we decided that no, like they're all pretty cool. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> they're all pretty good, right? So this, the initial product we wanted to talk about here, this could have easily been a number three Cortex plugs. Like that's, that was the initial thought. Then we're like, no, you know what? When composite decking came out, 
so did biscuit style fasteners that worked with the grooves in the boards. Because yep. um, when, when composite decking first came out, it didn't have that. You still screwed that old stuff down. So this was kind of a game changer in itself, the way you put the board down. Yeah. So Some people are still doing the face screw. Yes. Boy, you know. I had a customer in the store today that uh, they might do that. And it's like, it's pretty rare around here to screw down a whole deck. But yeah. sometimes it makes it. sense. But this is... the way you do that. Yeah, so we had a fastener episode here. I should have looked this up, but a few episodes ago, maybe around episode 25 or so, that was all about fasteners. And so we went through the different types of fasteners. And for the most part, the majority of the items that were on that list were hidden fasteners of some sort. So we've yeah. got things like the Trex or the Fibron clips or the you know, Simpson ebb ties or yeah, tire claws, all these grooved board fasteners. There's a wide variety of them on the market. Mantis clips. Like Mantis clips, ePay clips for hardwoods. Tons and tons of different options for those. Then there's the camo tool, which does the kind of toe screwing on the corners of the board. Yeah. That's a really good system. Camo's also got a, a clip system now out too, Yeah, right? a really good clip system like as well. Edge clip. Thing right now. Edge clip, yeah. yeah. And so that one seems to be gaining a lot of traction. It's a pretty cool take on the traditional biscuit style clip it grabs the joist holds itself in place it's just cool that there's enough companies in this industry that are constantly trying to one-up each other and the benefit the winner in all of this is the installers us because so. we get to sell it oh yeah yeah right. the customer right <laughs> yeah yeah so and then of course the one we were really thinking about when we put down hidden fasteners is the cortex plug system fast master developed this you know for years and years you know wood workers carpenters were using plugs wood plugs for all sorts of jobs but they brought this to the world of composite decking and your little kit comes with a bit that self-stops the screw at the it's proper the depth. Yeah. Comes Stole with all from your the screws. drywall industry. Yeah. For sure. A dimpler essentially, right? Yeah. And then you get a whole bunch of little baggies of plugs that are cut from the exact decking that you're using. Like not the board that you, like not the one that's in your pile. Like they do this, but nobody comes to your house and drills them. They make it, <laughs> point is, if you have island mist decking, it's cut from island mist decking. And so you just take a little bit of effort to line those little plugs up. Or in this case, we've got this beautiful decorator's uh, tundra on our desk here. Uh, you would, actually, there's, you know, you might not even be able to see them. There's plugs in the wall back here with this decorator's Sierra. Yeah, so, if you're just listening to the podcast, it'd be hard to see them. Yeah, if you're just listening. But you can also check. So here's a good, here's a good chance to foray into this and say that we're now posting these podcasts on YouTube as well. So if you are wondering what that plug looks like, you can't see it anyway. So even on the video, you can't see it. But like a zoom in, right? Yeah. And like we yeah, slopped, okay. we've kind of slopped some of those, so maybe you could see them. But um, so hold on. Pause one second. Intro, ad for our own stuff. Go to, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, if you're listening to this right now on the podcast and you're not subscribed to the podcast, go subscribe to the podcast because then you'll get a notification when there's a new one uploaded, which is weekly. So go do that. Plus, like, we get a little bit excited when new people sign up and subscribe. So, And then also do the same thing for the YouTube show. This is more for us than I you. just live for followers. Go to YouTube, look up the Ultimate Deck Shop or Deck Show. It'll come up either way. But the actual address is youtube.com slash the Ultimate Deck Shop. And subscribe to our channel on there as well. We're just going to start putting these podcasts on there so you can see how goofy we look yeah. when we're doing this. I'm going to work on a new hairdo. And now we actually have to wear proper clothes instead of just going, like... Shirts and skins when we're, doing the, <laughs> when we're doing the podcast. Who's doing the intro? I am. Yeah. All right, shirt yeah. off. Here we go. Uh, so go subscribe to us on those <laughs> platforms, please. Anyway, so back to the topic at hand. 
the plugs are cut from the same material. So if it was this decorator's tundra board that we're using here, you'd have decorator's tundra plugs. You'd line up the little grains depending on how OCD you are. And if you're not OCD about this, then why are you doing the plugs? The goal is to try to get them to match and hide the best. So take the time to I've do it. I've always found that I'm super OCD for the first hundred. Yeah, then it's just like whatever. <laughs> then I'm less OCD and more like I want to go home. Yeah, yeah. Then you start popping. That's when you give somebody else to do. Right. Hey, hey, hey Jeff. Yeah. Guess what you're doing for the rest <laughs> of the day? You get a hundred plugs. Hundred plugs. <laughs> Number four is rain management systems. So. Before these existed, you just got wet underneath your deck. Yeah, or you did vinyl decking. That came out before these other systems did for sure. So you might have to do like a Dura deck type product. Weather deck, um, deck, deck. Yeah, so some deck. sort of vi- like you're gonna put linoleum on your deck. That's what's happening here. Thick linoleum <laughs> though, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, it's whatever. good. Thick stuff. It is what it is. It was functional. It kept water off. I hate those systems because they just like to me they don't look very good and because of the pitch of the deck required to have them actually drain the inch over six feet I feel like you're going to roll off it when you're sitting in the lawn chair yeah, you can makes feel the slope railing kind of crooked railing's too, goofy right? spacing between your glass like if you do railing that has glass panels in there it's like yeah so the systems that we like solve that problem will solve both those problems because one you can use whatever deck board you want you don't have to go with linoleum. It doesn't have to be extension of your kitchen's floor yeah. from the 80s. <laughs> it could be, you could put down a Trex board on top of it or a decorator's board or a fiber, like whatever. Choose whatever board you want. You could put on a treated board on top of it if you want, but you put in this gutter system over top of your joists, put your deck boards on top, water falls through your deck boards, gets caught in the troughs, and the troughs underneath are what creates the pitch. So you don't have to slope your deck. You can build a perfectly level deck if you want. If, if you're you a good can. builder. If you can. Oh, yeah. I could have went with can right from the start. If you're capable of building a level deck, this system's great for you. Yeah. Um, the most notable one that people are going to be familiar with is Trex Rain Escape. That's kind of the big brand one, and it's exactly how I described it. It's troughs that get stapled to the top of the joist. You droop them between the joists to create that slope. The water gets caught in it, runs down them, dumps into these buckets, these, like, deuce corner hats, like... And then that dumps into How a... How is that again? Yeah, yeah. Good thing we're on YouTube now. Um, that dumps into a gutter, like a, just an eaves trough. And then you divert that water to wherever you want. Another system out there... So Trex, that one's really good if you're building a brand new deck because it goes on before your deck boards. Yeah, top-down system. Let's say... Ooh, I like that. What's the other one? Bottom-up? Retrofit. Retrofit, okay. Yeah, I don't know. The other one we're referring to... So lots to, of guys are also doing the EPDM system, right? So yeah. So the there's also in the States. DIY solution, like make your own solution, which is similar to Rain Escape by using an EPDM membrane, cutting it into strips, using a flashing tape from like Grace Vicor or whatever, whatever butyl-based, asphalt-based, gooey tape you want to use. Yep. Um, I feel if you're watching on YouTube, that was a lot of hand... There was a lot of this yeah, it's like French, going on. nearly. Yeah, if you're on the podcast, you're missing out right now. So... The other system that we like is the TimberTech dry space system that actually mounts to the bottom of the joist. So benefit for the Trex one is that it goes over top, keeps the joist dry. Yeah. Period. So it like also provides that benefit, side benefit. It'll make your joist last longer. The TimberTech dry space one is great for retrofit applications because if you've already got it deck on, you can't then go put rain escape on without taking all your boards off. So then you could go underneath, mount it to the bottom of the joist, and then works the same way. It's like these panels that catch the water, run it down, dump it into a yeah. east trough. Same idea. Slope is created in the cavity. That's right. Pitched. And so that system also gives you 
um, a finished soffit look underneath the deck. You have like a white or bone color, usually like an off-white um, colored soffit now that's kind of gives it a more complete look. There's also some other ones, right? If you've been to the shows and the names are going to escape me now, but there's other gutter, or sorry, um, bottom mounted so the one systems. I thought I liked the most was that under deck oasis. Yeah, right? that's a good one for sure. Um, deck drain with a DEK deck drain is one. I think it's a Canadian company. It's similar to like the EPDM solution. Similar, like there's a few of them out there. Do yeah. some work, right? If you are a decorators fan, there's decorator decks are dry. I'm a little bit more torn on that one. That one kind of changes the whole like way you got to frame the deck. So it's maybe not as it's super simple to install. Forces you to face screw it. Um, that's not true. They have the nailing flange one now too. But anyways, look into that one. It slides into the grooves of the deck boards and it's supposed to create like a watertight seal between the deck boards, but you still have to pitch your deck to get it to drain off with that system. Correct. So it's a little bit yeah, possibly different. Yeah, you possibly have to strap your deck if you want the decking. Right? Yeah, because you want the decks. The house. Yeah, your boards then have to run uh, perpendicular to the house as opposed to parallel like would be normal. So therefore you either have to frame the opposite way or you've got to frame it and then strap it the opposite way. Yep to get the boards running away and then pitch it. Yep. It's neat, but I have no experience with it personally. Number five is, I love this one. In my own personal deck building career, um, this is probably the one that I adopted mid, well, this and the plugs, uh, in the middle of my career that I was like, holy smokes, that's a good one. That's a game changer. And that's helical screw piles. Man, depending on the market you're in, these are lifesavers. Yeah, I was not a huge fan of these when I first found out about them. Right? You you had told me about it. You're like, you got to try these piles. These things are the craziest things. You're going to love them. And I was, you know, because it's an industry of old school. It's like, yeah. And you were older than me, so. Yeah. yeah that's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I just thought that the concrete piles were the way to do it. That's what you do. Piles go in, deck goes on top of that. And the first one, I don't know when it, I don't know when we use that, but you did a deck for me, possibly a Buffalo Pound. Nope, that was a concrete one. I remember that. Because <clears throat> whoever drilled it missed missed the hole. It wasn't wasn't a perfect placement. Yeah, well, awkward. And you're a good <laughs> you're a good deck builder, so I just put so it just beside the pile it. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we mounted to the side <laughs> of the pile. Yeah, cantilevered off. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, it hit, but. Um, Anyways. So these are, if you're not familiar with them, because some markets wouldn't be, and some markets, these might not make sense. Like the cost is probably still an issue in some markets. In our markets, it's unbelievable, and I'll explain why in a second. But what these are, are standard length seems to be 10 feet, but there's some, like you can get them in seven foot lengths, or there's different lengths you can get. In our market, 10 foot's pretty standard. It's a galvanized... Of the frost line. Yeah, this 10 feet's good for the frost line, yeah. So it's a, I guess sometimes galvanized, not necessarily, but they're a steel pipe, um somewhere around two and three eighths to three to three and a half inch pipe with a flight on the bottom, a big helix, a big screw on the bottom and they get driven in hydraulically into the ground. So it's literally a screw. Yep. Um, and that screw drives into the ground hydraulically, gets to its final destination. And once it's down there acts as both a spread footing in a way and as an anchor. So like, it's not like in order for it to go deeper, it has to turn and in order to turn, you need an incredible amount of torque. So it's not like it's, it's very, very hard for that to sink because it's torqued up so high in the ground and it's not going to pull out. You've got a 10 or 12 inch plate in the ground acting as an anchor and then you've got 10 feet of soil above it 
it's not going anywhere. Yep. So it's really, really great for supporting load and for like wind resistance, uplifted, uplift resistance. Yep. So they're incredible. Like the benefits over concrete. Yeah, here we go. Let's start. One, uh, more effective against frost. So all you have to do is get yeah. below your frost line, right? If your frost line's seven feet, if you get a helical pile to eight feet, you're good. Yep. Most of the people listening right now just said, holy shit, who gets seven feet of frost? We do. Yeah. <laughs> you and might the get the people in feet. Edmonton. Yeah. And some people in Winnipeg. Yeah. But point being, I guess, if you were in a market that got one foot of frost, well, a two foot one would work great then. So the, like the frost isn't going to grab the side of that smooth pile. And even if it did, it can't pull it up because of the anchor at the bottom of the pile that's Correct. anchoring it there. So it's yep. very, very stable in the soil. It drives in without mess. Like it displaces hardly any soil whatsoever. So as opposed to digging holes and having this mounds and mounds of dirt that you then have to dispose of somehow, um, these drive in clean, no mess. And then once they're in, you start building. Yeah, no no downtime, no waiting for it to cure. Nope. It's just fast. Like, and it takes, yeah. like, the cleanup, for a 10-foot one, it's probably three minutes per pile. For me, the cleanup was the part that really got me, Yeah. right? When, when we used to do concrete piles and then you'd have all this excess material laying in the yard and so you either wheelbarrow it out or you have somebody come with a machine and pick it up. Even if the concrete pile was... $20, $40 per pile less, you still had to manage that material. And yep. I was like, well, this is a huge pain in my ass. Like, I don't want to deal with this stuff. And in our market, that's that's a bigger issue than some. Like, if you're in California and you're digging your footings 12 inches deep, well, who cares? You can toss that in the garden and spread it out. Nobody's going to notice it was ever there. But in our market where, yeah. like, for example, that one we just referenced that you did a concrete pile there years back for me i think you went 14 feet deep on that one or something like the piles up here are insanely deep like houses are built on 18 foot deep piles because you got to essentially double your frost line to create enough uh like resistance to upheaval as it's a tug of war between the frozen ground and the non-frozen ground so you got to have a lot of pile into the non-frozen ground to resist the upheaval so when we dig a hole up here first of all we're not digging it you bring machinery in to dig the hole and then you've got like two yards of clay that you pulled out of a hole and you're not shoveling that away. You need more machinery. Like it's just a nightmare. Yep. And then because you're going so deep and dumping so much concrete into the hole, the cost of them yep. is three, four, five hundred $500 for a concrete pile that's drilled to a proper depth. Yeah. So, and so a rebar and the helical screw pile is 300 bucks. Yep. So like it's, the cost is no more. It's way faster. It's way more efficient. There's less, um, disturbance of soil there's no mess there's just like you build on it immediately like everything about them is amazing if you're in a market where you have you know you're on bedrock and you like you're not gonna be able to drive these things but you've also got stable soil you don't need to go super deep you just have to hit bedrock like yeah. some markets that don't have frost or have lots of rock in the ground these aren't great for but if you're in a clay sandy soil whatever some sort of soil like market yeah. with frost then it's they're unbelievable yeah I think if I had any sort of rock in the ground like if i lived in an area that had a lot of rock vancouver you get out on the coast that'll do it yeah if you're near water <laughs> these are probably not for you right? yeah so. but then go deep right like there's been times here where either due to some like because they don't use these just for decks they use them for buildings and for solar panels and for like grade beams and like yeah. all sorts of Sheds, things everything barns, um yeah. there's been we've talked to our installer before they've put them in 40 60 feet deep and they just keep putting extensions on until they get low enough to hit the torque. So if you're putting some sort of massive building on it that requires 10,000 pounds of torque, well, you just keep going till you hit it. Yeah. So 
pretty cool system. Some of the big brands out there, there's lots of franchises out there now. Ironically, a lot of them are Canadian. Maybe not ironically, maybe that's because we have Frost, so they make more sense in the Canadian market. But um, Post Tech is a big one. That's who we like to use a lot. Uh, Techno Metal Post we've used as well. Goliath, those are probably the top three brands, but there's lots of them out there. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, those there's are game changers. Like pushback by the engineers too on those, right? And we've had some engineers that don't like them. So then, well, you're going to use a three and a half inch pipe and you're going to do it 18 feet deep and yeah. like whatever, but it still ends up, it still ends up being a faster solution than concrete pile. Like so. any new product, there's, there's a period of time when people just need to get comfortable with things. Yeah. Like you yourself took a little bit of time to get used to them. So engineers too, because it's their neck on the line when they stamp something, it's like, yeah, well, I know cool. that a concrete pile is going to work. And have you ever read sort of the the stuff they write after they stamp it? Basically, the right no matter what happens, it's not my fault. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I'm going to over engineer the crap out of this thing yeah. to the point of being ridiculous. But then, even if that doesn't work, it's not not really my fault. Not my fault. Because like I I said, just kind of like this. Yeah. Stamp. Not my fault. Yeah. Here you go. That's a great job. Yep. Number six. Oh, we're already at the end. That's okay. That's Number six wouldn't have been on my list if it wasn't for Sean from Premier Outdoors making a video on Instagram the one day saying like, holy smokes, you guys, I just used aluminum railing for the first time. Or maybe it was just surface mount aluminum post for a composite rail. I don't remember. But it was first time using a surface mount post. And he's like, These are, this is unbelievable. What are we doing? Like, why hasn't anybody told me about this before? And so because of that, I was like, wait, not everybody knows about this stuff? Well, this is a game changer. Surprising to me. Cause, so this happened to us when we were in Baltimore and we were talking to Stan and Mike, uh, right? Mike, he's at, with Cuban. Stan now? from Level Home Improvements. Stan. I've always got to fill in. Wade always just sends names. And oh, yeah. People, like, podcast, Sorry. remember? Stan from Level Home Improvements on Instagram. And who? And who else? Mike. Mike. Mike from Morris Dex. Morris Dex. Is he still alive? I saw a post oh, the other day. He's got a puppy. They've got a. They have a Aww. golden retriever. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, good for him. I wonder Who's if he, he listens with? to this, or if he just listens to he's like trim and molding Alexandria yeah. podcast or something. He must. Um, anyway, so they were talking to us about <laughs> aluminum railing. They're like, "What is this stuff? How do you, do you guys use it? Yeah. How do you sell it? Right? Do people actually think this stuff is good? It's like, we don't care what people think. It goes in so fast." <laughs> Yeah, Which is not true, but it was just like, it installs so slick, right? And it is durable, it lasts longer, it doesn't ever twist or warp. I've never had somebody in a year and a half call me back and be like, yeah, my post twisted? Well, yeah, that'll happen if you use pressure treated or cedar, yeah. right? And you slide a sleeve over top of it. So our market's very dominated by aluminum surface mount rail. But the nice thing is that even the... Composite rails now have a surface mount sleeve, like it's like a fence know, like, post. A, yeah, a surface mount steel post with collars on it for mounting your post now. So it, it it's that's also awesome. So the old way of like dropping a post into the framing, blocking, bolting, maybe gluing, is still if fine. You're a, if a, you're a good builder, yeah, yeah, or just putting it with a couple <laughs> deck screws hanging <laughs> off your rim joist. Um, this way is just much more convenient because. When you go to lay your decking, you don't have to worry about cutting, like notching around the posts. That's one nice thing about it. Um, you don't have to spend the time bolting and blocking in this post. So that's nice too. You just get to frame your deck, put in some extra blocking where the posts are going to go, deck the whole thing as if nothing was going on it. 
Yep. And then you go around afterwards and just surface bolt your post down. Like every post has a plate on it with four holes. You just back to those rugged structural screws, use some sort of leg screw or GRK type system, whatever. Bolt the post down, use a couple shims to plumb it up. Bob's your uncle. It's so slick. <laughs> so it's so much nicer than dropping into the framing and then notching around. Blah, yep. blah, blah. And then to your point, stability. Like it's just like, it does not twist, warp, anything like a wood post would or could. It doesn't, um, it doesn't rot out because yeah. you know you have your so where you put all of this blocking and your four by four in there that's a moisture trap common rot area right well probably number one and of so all the places somebody, to rot yeah your drunk uncle Bob that you were talking about is over and he lands into the railing and poof, yeah down it goes that's where it fails yeah so this aluminum stuff like pretty rare to have an issue with it um, I don't know do we like, use it on treated lumber here. Do we this use is what on treatment? aluminum railing? So did you know? You must have known this, or you heard about it. That I just it can heard corrode. Yeah, yeah, but it's powder coated, so it wouldn't. Like you could put it on. So yes, bare aluminum would react with the copper in the treatment of the lumber. Yeah, that's that, possible. Mm-hmm. But it's all this all this aluminum's powder coated, right? So there's a barrier. Yeah, unless it's scratched. That never happens, though. Anyways. I was just thinking about it. Deep like, thoughts. Yeah. Right <laughs> now, like I should edit this. It's going to take me too much time. But on the YouTube version, I should have the NBC, like the more you know star, just come whipping across the screen here. <laughs> anyway, sure, bare aluminum could react with some yep. types of treatment. If that have copper in them, that's a possibility. But that's like, like because it's powder coated, there's a barrier there. Did I wonder if that has something to do... I wonder if Regal's plate is not aluminum. Because... So sometimes you'll see these posts where there there actually seems to be a bit of like rust around the plate. And I'm not saying it's Regal's plate that's rusted. I'm just saying like I know for sure that their plate is fastened separate than their post, right? Yes, yeah. it's screwed onto the bottom. So I wonder My, if that's a steel plate or not. Anytime that I've seen rust on those posts, it's usually coming from the fasteners, I think, because like the screws are still steel, right? Like the yeah. leg yeah, yeah. in the plates yep. would be steel, the little self-tapping screws would be steel. Yep. So it could be from that too. Could but be. anyway, the moral of the story is surface mounted railing posts are way better than ones you have to f- block into your framing. Game changer. That's the game changer right there. There's lots of brands. Regal's the big one. Regal Ideas, Century, Westbury, Fortress, Fortress. Yeah. Star, ProBuilt, on and on and on. Like there's tons and tons of them. Vista, Who, whatever. what? ProBuilt? Never or heard of them. Never heard of them. Anyway, that's the six. Do you have any, like, that was the six we wrote down. Do you have any bonus ones? I don't know. We talked about uh, hideaway screens. It didn't make the list. Didn't make the list, yeah. Probably not a game changer. Wicked cool product, though. Yep. Like, gaining a lot of traction right now. Game changer, maybe not. Like, it's not like something, like, I think all of these other things we just went through are things that people would use, like, they they would use them religiously now. Like once you've once gone you, to a GRK from a leg bolt, you're not going back to a leg bolt. Correct. Once you go to aluminum surface mounted railings, you're probably not going back to that way. Once you go hideaway screen, you might still do other types of railing. It's just a nice option. So that's yeah, why we you might still it, do a cedar privacy wall if your customer yeah. wants it. But yeah. if somebody says, I just need a really fast solution, this is it. Boom. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I don't know what else was game changers. We talked about maybe like G tape or the idea of taping joists, but again, not maybe not a game changer because it's not like mass adoption of it. You know what I mean? But that said... And people have been doing it for a while. I talked to some old guy the other day. He came in, the story was... Like, I don't know. He might have been 70, 65. What's that with the exchange rate? 
Yeah, same, I think. <laughs> that he would still be 75 <laughs> yeah. in the States? Still be 75 in the States. Like he'd, he'd live figure a little, that out someday. His, like, his skin wouldn't be as weathered because winters are a little bit softer. Right, right, right but yeah. He's still, like, okay. But they drink more down there, probably, right? Like the tequila, there's more tequila in the States, so you might be more Maybe. pickled. Sure. Still wrinkled up. But. Yeah. Anyways, uh, he was using tar paper. Yeah, that's and what I started with it. Like from forever ago. He's like, I built my deck, uh, you know, 60 years ago. What? Yeah, and it still lasted Like, because I put tar paper on there. And the joists, they're good. I'm going to use them again. <laughs> no, you're not. Yeah, for real. And anyways. The, that was the initial concept, right? When I like, he ended up he ended up changing the joists. But I didn't start building decks 60 years ago like him. But let's say like eight or nine years ago, I was using tar paper. You used to be able to get little four inch rolls of tar paper for that purpose. Like a joy, I can't remember who made it, but it was just tar paper. You'd staple it on. That's what I first started using. Then I moved on to products like Blue Skin and eventually Joyce Guard, which again, you didn't know there was a problem with them until you used G-Tape. It's another evolution thing where it's yeah. like, this stuff's great. It'll, whatever. And it's like, you just, it was just like, oh, it wrinkles in the sun and it's really sticky and shitty to deal with. That was just all how it was. Oh, it wasn't I can't a get the plastic off the back? No problem. I'll staple it down because I've already been doing that with the tire paper that I paid yeah. half as much money for. Yeah, and then GTA came along and you use it and you're like, oh, game changer. But for good builders. Just for like from product to product. <laughs> for good builders, yeah. Maybe not I'm the not going to let industry. that go, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the idea of taping joists or beams or flat blocking, pretty good idea. Pretty good idea. Um, there's lots of, like everybody's doing it now. The industry has decided it's game changing because everybody's copying it now. Like you had these tapes from Joyce Garden, Vicor and whatnot and these tar paper options and then, then you had G tape and now you've got like Trex Protect Tape and Timber Tech. Right? Yeah, yeah, got their tape. Everybody's got a tape now, right? Or whatever their company's called. Yeah, I think it's Timber Tech today. Is it Timber Tech? Still Timber Tech. Okay. Yeah. Um well <laughs> <laughs> No, exactly. That's what I mean. Like I, I guess it's because, like it's Azac, but like <laughs> Yeah, okay. I see where you're going with this. Yeah. Cause no Timber Tech is like the decking branch of Azek building products. Right. Who anyway. makes it? CPG makes it. No, they're so, not called CPG anymore either. They should. They're called Azek. Um, the other one that didn't make the list that we talked about was uh, bending deck boards. Yeah, we did talk about that. We talked about the idea of bending deck boards being a game changer. We were trying to keep this to like products that were game changing and we we're like, oh, was is the equipment that does the bending game changing? I don't know. Like the equipment was just kind of morphed out of another industry, the airline industry. Well, that that one, Heatcon is, but Trex made an oven. And so yeah. so then I think we decided maybe it was the service. So yeah. then it's not game changing because I don't know. That one's tough because it's like it's overdone a bit too. It's like game changing, but that. That doesn't need to be on every job. <laughs> like some people are pushing it onto every job, but it is like that. Was, that's an in, that's a game changer for the decking industry because now you can do things you couldn't do before, right? Correct. Like there's there's projects out there that are being built that were not possible before the idea of heating up and bending decking. Yep. Before those kits existed and whatnot, people were doing. They had their own rigged up systems with a sono tube and a propane heater at one end. They baked a board inside of this tube, but it was a little bit risky. You melted more than you successfully curved, but yeah as a result of people doing that and that catching on, some companies are like, Oh, Hey, we, we, we already make heat stuff. We could do this. Yeah. Formalize that a little bit. So yeah. that's, that's one. So there you go. We got six plus three plus three optional ones. Um, are let us stop there. 
Yeah, oh, stop boy. at nine. Are well, you? I just heard a beep on my phone. It's probably my wife wondering where I am. So Hi, I, dear. This How are things? Seems like a great You're having fun with your podcasting thing you do? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, babe. Yeah. The most fun. The most. Um, so let us know. Are you, are there anything, is there anything on this list that you weren't doing already? Because I want to know who the bad builders are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, I just yeah. want to, I'm just curious. Like, is this, are all these things well-known things? Because to, to me, these all seem like game changers. They're all relevant in this market, but every market's different. Maybe in some markets, they don't even know what a screw pile is. Or maybe they haven't gotten into surface mount aluminum rail systems or something. Yeah. And, or they have bones growing off the backside of their head. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I heard them called? So <laughs> you know what they're calling those things? Phone bones. <laughs> like, that's fantastic. What? Hey, you got a little phone bone there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would just nip that little phone bone off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's going to eventually, like, turn into a bit of a hook Hand? for a phone, yeah, like a phone holder. You got that a little would be bone sweet. spur out. And you can just rest your phone there. No hands. Yeah, I got hands-free calling. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. I hope That's, I live long enough to see this? the hand phone. Yeah, that'd be good. The phone bone. Hit us up holder. on um, Instagram. Our handle is the ultimate deck shop. So if you're going to give us some feedback, we always post about these two. So feel free to leave comments in the posts that we make about the podcast or send us a DM. Let us know if uh, any of these little items we just went through are game changing for you. And if you have some that you're like, holy smokes, like this is a game changer they clearly missed and it's in my market. We'd love to hear about it because maybe we could do a part two in this and add six more that we weren't even familiar with ourselves. So that'd be great too. If you want to, if you like Twitter instead, just hit us up on Twitter and tag us and hashtag the ultimate deck podcast and what else go to YouTube please go to YouTube subscribe to us on YouTube subscribe to us on the podcast um that's it for me Wade anything else nope I have nothing else good next week we're gonna do an interview (laughs) I was like I didn't want to listen to you anymore yeah your stuff was boring yeah uh, next week we're going to do another interview. So if you are interested in being oh, interviewed on the podcast, so or do you have that if lined up you, already? I don't have it lined up already. That's what I'm, I'm, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm trying to right. get okay. somebody. Sorry. Or if you, if there's somebody you want to hear from. So if there's anybody out there who's sitting around being like, why haven't they asked me yet? Because we don't, we're not really asking people directly ourselves. We want to hear who people want to hear from. So I want you to either reach out to me and say, hey. I'd like to be on the podcast or, hey, can you really interview so-and-so? Because I'm super interested in hearing what they have to say. Yeah, call this guy. Yeah, so hit us up with those suggestions and we'll try to make that happen. And until next week when we do this all again, thank you from me and me. (laughs) Have a good week, y'all. Thank you.